And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. edition of the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Doug Hagman at the helm. Folks, we broadcast week uh, every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, as well as YouTube Live and archived and live at BTR. I want to welcome everyone to this edition. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. The first 30 minutes here are going to be dedicated to an investigation that uh, I've been conducting. In fact, I spoke uh, about this two weeks ago on InfoWars, the Alex Jones, uh, with Alex Jones, and, uh, I gave everyone a taste of what, what was coming, or what, uh, what the, uh, the 650,000 plus emails, despite their alleged non-issue um, to Comey, despite their non-issue to Clinton, despite the, the, uh, uh, coming out and saying, well, wait a minute, everything's fine, Comey, days before the election. What exactly was that all about? Well, when I appeared on InfoWars, and, and folks, you can find the segment, and, and I expect the next 30 minutes, uh, this segment to be a standalone segment, but, uh, uh, you, you can find my, my time. Uh, my interview uh, with uh, Alex Jones on InfoWars. Folks, this is absolutely incredible. Many people, um, first of all, the subject matter is this. I'm going to call it Snoops, Snacks, uh, yes, yeah, Snacks. <laughs> Let me try that again. I'm going to call it Snoops, Sex, and Videotape. This after a, an, a magazine article, an article that appeared in the publication Inside of the News, September 29th, 1997. Uh, this has to deal directly, by the way, with the news of Podesta, John Podesta, Abramovic, Marina Abramovic, Hillary Rodham Clinton, the Clintons, Jeffrey Epstein, the sex ring, the child, the alleged child sex ring, and the FBI, the things that you may know about, but things that I don't think you know about, because what I'm about to reveal, folks, is a lot deeper and a lot darker than 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 anyone has really touched on. This goes back into uh, espionage. This goes back into decades ago. This goes back into the Franklin scandal, but beyond that this goes into um, certain matters of, of of espionage under the Clinton, or uh, espionage and child pornography, and, and how they tie together. All right, I'm going to try to be as coherent as possible, as quick as possible, so I don't bore you. Many people at the forum, Reddit forum, R-E-D-D-I-T forum, and the sub- Forum, the Donald, have done remarkable investigations, independent and collectively. I've never seen anything like this. They've done phenomenal investigations. And they've always been a couple of steps ahead of me. And by chance, when I get ahead of them in terms of their investigation, they 
always catch up and pass me. It's kind of interesting how it goes. Um, very good investigators and also researchers, citizen researchers, uh, the, the Pettibone sisters, fantastic researchers. Hats off to them. Uh, the in, citizen researchers at 4chan, the number 4 and then C-H-A-N, and uh, the SGT report, for example, others. All of these combined, I've, I've, everything, every time I find something, it's like they've either found it or we find it at the same time. I've been chasing these leads all weekend and even before that, ever, really ever since the election or before the election, ever since, uh, the news of the 650,000 emails and the allegations of child pornography on Anthony Weiner's laptop. But here's the deep, Story and, and again, I'm going to make this brief and, and cut this off at the bottom of this hour, so this segment will stand alone. If we can have picture of the number one up there on the screen, now what you're seeing here, folks, is a picture of, uh, of John Podesta. Now he was the t- 2016 campaign manager of the Hillary Rodham Clinton for president campaign. Of course, he goes back numerous administrations. Goes back to Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, and others, and of course he served as advisor to Obama. So you've seen that picture that will appear on this. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this, you can just go to the YouTube channel, go to Hagman and Hagman.com, and, t- and check out the YouTube. Uh, that is John Podesta. Now, th- th- this is a guy. The Podesta emails, seventy thousand emails were released. A closer scrutiny of those emails indicated a very unusual pattern, a coding, if you will, images. And I had, uh, and John Robertson will attest to this, a couple of weeks ago, right after the, the emails were released, I had asked if anyone, if he knew anyone that was, um, that was capable in steganalysis. What steganalysis is, is the analysis of images that are encoded. In other words, images within images, not picture-in-picture kind of thing, or not even, you know, you look at this weird picture, what do you see? No, no, no. This is a, a highly sophisticated encryption where images are covered by other images, but you need... Uh, a, a key to unlock that image within the image. I don't know if, if I made sense, but you can look it up. It's called steganography and steganalysis. And, and we were looking at this because the image sizes appear to be too large for the images, if that makes sense. Even a high-definition image. But anyway, this goes back to John Podesta, as you see on the screen. That's John Podesta with Hillary Clinton. So this is who we're talking about. This is at the center of the investigation along with Anthony Weiner, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and others. Now, everything I'm saying here is either my opinion, my professional opinion. I am making no accusations. Let me be perfectly clear. I am making absolutely no accusations of any kind of misconduct. However, I want everyone to look at the evidence. This is evidence that I've been following. And others as well. Again, hats off to the people at Reddit, the citizen investigators at Reddit, 4chan, uh, people like, uh, uh, the Pettibone sisters, Brittany and Nicole, just tremendous investigative researchers. SGD report, Sean at SGD report, 
and others. Now, if we put up uh, the next one, I have labeled Podesta 1. This is in the home of John Podesta and his wife. I I don't know how many people have seen this image. This image is the sculpture. This is a sculpture hanging in the home of John Podesta. All right. Some may call that art. What that is is a gold-hued, gold-toned sculpture, headless and um, arched at the back for those listening and, and not watching. Just take a good look at that picture. Now, how many people watch for documentaries about serial killers? <laughs> Perhaps not too many, right? At least I hope not, because it can really take you down some deep roads. And the longer you stare into the abyss, you'll find that the abyss stares back. Now, the next picture I'm going to show you is an actual crime scene photo. This from Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. Take a look at this. This is one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims. <clears throat> to my knowledge, this was not released to the general public at least not on any widespread level. You see any, uh, folks, do you see any similarities between that picture and the sculpture? Take a look at it. See, Jeffrey Dahmer was a cannibal. He was involved in satanic ritual abuse and Satanism. If you listen to Russ Dizdar, of course, you'll know what I'm talking about. Compare that to the sculpture in the Podesta household. How am I doing so far? Let's go to uh, let's let's go to uh, image number four. Which one is the Eric? Which one is this? Uh, okay, that's Podesta two. Which one is that? All right, this is, this, okay, all right, this is actually, I believe, from an Instagram, or, it's, it's, it's on the, it's a social media, uh, why don't I, I had my notes here, um, this is from the social media feed, and, uh, I'm gonna, is, is that from Jimmy Comet? You, you, folks, you, you might recall, or you might, perhaps, you've heard the, um, um, connection, the Comet Pizza, for example. You know, there's something going on there. Well, okay. What does that say on the top there? One of these days, we're going to get a real. Okay, okay. This this is an image in Podesta's. Uh, it, it is alleged that this image that you're seeing is a piece of artwork that is in the home of John Podesta. There it is. Okay, just flashed up on my on my previous screen. Um, now, he is a follower of this particular artist. This particular artist is, wow, okay, just wow. Um, I don't think I need to explain that image, do I? Uh, spirit cooking. This is a, a favorite artist by Tony Podesta. This, uh, the poster on this particular social feed is a follower 
of Podesta. Take a look at that picture. It's also reference references spirit cooking. And again, I'm not going to get too far into any of these. I'm just I just want to get this out there. All right. That was number four. Go to number five. This is uh, Ms. Abramovic. I believe number five is uh, which the uh... okay. Yeah, take a good hard look at this picture. This is a taste of spirit cooking, at least according to the emails and according to the investigation. How would you like to be invited to that party? Folks, if you're listening to this and you can't see this, what this is showing is a uh, called art. This is a picture of a semi-submerged body in a red liquid and people uh, eating, shall we say, from the from the submerged body in the surrounding area. And there's a red red liquid, of course, there, you know, suggestive of blood. Well, all right. I'm going to toss another picture out there. This will be uh, image six, as I have labeled. Yeah, and by, by the way, that, that last image uh, was with uh, the artist uh, Raina Abramovic, proudly being a part of this spirit cooking. And, of course, understand, this is the kind of stuff, you know, you laugh at the Bohemian Grove stuff. Oh, it's just a conspiracy uh, crap. You laugh at the perversity, perhaps, of the, the leaders in our country. Folks, when I was on Alex Jones, I said, you don't even know. I mean, folks, you, you don't know the perversion. I can't even show you some of this stuff. And I can't. I can't show some of this stuff even here. This is tame. All right, we're going to go through these real quick. Uh, photo six, image six. Yeah. Okay, so that's the one with... Um, yeah. This this is this was on a social networking feed that is tied to the owner of Comet Pizza, allegedly followed by Podesta, allegedly. Allegedly also part of the Abramovic crowd, the artists, you know, within the D.C. power circles. Take a look at that picture. The reason it's blacked out is because that is a child. That is sex with a child. Posted by Jimmy Comet. More on him in just a moment. I really want everyone to take a look at these images. If you're listening, you can stay listening on, on, on the whatever platform you're listening on, but go back to this particular video and check out these images. And again, my great thanks to the people at Reddit, 4chan, uh, the Pettibone Sisters. They captured many of these. We ca- like I, We were capturing a lot of these in real time, and they were wiping them out, making their, their accounts private. All right. Number seven, this is on the wall at Comet Pizza, allegedly. I, I'm not, I can't even read what's on the left-hand side of this picture. It's it's a reference to a sex act, and then amen. We'll go to number eight. 
This is the one where you say uh, this is actually part of a social networking feed as well. <clears throat> this um, for those listening, this is a young child with with their arms taped to the table. Notice what's in back ping pong table. Go to number nine. I don't even know if I want to even explain number nine. Number nine, well, for those people listening, of course, it is, uh, it is a, a allegedly a doll, although it represents a, a child, and on the, uh, child for sale. You look at the right hand side of this, right hand side of the image, for the comments made by the poster and by those who commented on it. German baby, $1,200. And again, it's, you might say, well, that doesn't prove anything. Okay, I understand it. Get the hell out of your bubble, Okay and get rid of your normalcy bias understand the perversity here is so great in my estimation in my view that there I don't believe there is going to be a legitimate news source when I say mainstream news news source legitimate news mainstream news source that would touch this information with a 10 foot pole but there's more some more artwork uh, even uh, well what's labeled as artwork uh, image 10 if you'll notice, there are there are young people with their faces painted. Those people who understand this kind of stuff will will identify this as associated with an OTO ritual, a secret society ritual involving young children. You go to uh, the next one, uh, number. Where are we? Number eleven. Image eleven. This is a, a picture of a young girl. With uh, making a reference to pizza, many people have uh, many people have said. Uh, by the way, these the pictures you're seeing here are on the were on the social networking feeds of people associated with Podesta, referenced with Podesta in the emails that were released and others. These are the same people who are in the, inside the circles of power in Washington D.C. The next one is a young girl with uh, with uh, reference to pizza. You can see it. You can read it. Basically, um, it's kind of John Bonnet Ramsey-esque. And the, the bottom is cut off there, but th- there's a reference to "I just want my pizza." Basically, and if you understand what pizza is in re- with reference to uh, child sex, you'll understand the nature of this picture. Again, to those uninitiated, it looks like a young girl just standing there. It's anything but. The next picture is is extremely disturbing. It's uh it's done by an artist uh, with um, th- that's very that's liked by all of these power brokers and social networking. If you take a look at it, it is a, a picture or it is a representation representation of a sex act with a young child. This is a painting um, on a handkerchief. Now you'll remember that one of the Podesta emails referenced a handkerchief. Some say, some might say a towel. Okay, fine. Uh, but uh, I do suspect that it's probably a handkerchief represented in that in that painting. And if you look closely at the painting, you'll see 
well would suggest some sort of disassociative identity disorder uh, being represented in that painting. The next one is a chamber. I want everyone to take a look at this chamber. This was posted on the social networking feed, commented on. Again, this is associated with uh, with the Podesta, Comet Pizza, Comet uh, Ping Pong, whatever you want to call it, in that entire in that entire venue. And again, if you're looking at or if you're listening to this and you, you can't see this, you can go back and take a look at it. What this is, very simply, what do you think it is? It's it's a it's it's a, it's something I would call a murder room. How's that? And in fact, I believe it is mentioned there with a the hashtag murder room. Maybe I don't know. I've looked at so many of these over the last four days. I I, I don't know. And the last one. And we're going to leave the last one up here. It's a map. And the reason we're going to leave the last one up, because that map is important. And I'm going to kind of work backwards here. If you take a look at that map, these are locations in in, in Washington, D.C., in and around Comet Ping Pong, Comet Pizza, whatever you're going to call it and other, uh, shall we say, other properties. They all have ties, similar ownership and similar interests to child concerns, even, if you can believe this, even to concerns that allegedly protect children. Yes, those those watching... Uh, ostensibly those watching the, the, the watchers of the pedophiles could very well be on the inside. We'll just leave that map up if you don't mind. We're just going to leave that map up and, and I'll comment on that later. But, but how this all came about, folks, very simply is this, just to kind of recap this. You know, the hearings in Benghazi, Hillary Clinton, what, uh, what difference does it make? That revealed the existence of an external server. We can call that email gate, I suppose. And through that, the investigation there drilled down, and all of a sudden we find out that she's got a server, you know, here in a server, in her, her bathroom in a server, in, in, in uh, at Platte River Networks and such. And then the uh, gentleman in charge of the server gets on Reddit asking for advice how to delete stuff, and long story short, an investigation is conducted. Well, that leads to... Comey opening an investigation and then shutting it and then reopening it when a parallel investigation on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Anthony Weiner, of course, is the disgraced congressperson from New York. Uh, suddenly, they find 650,000 plus emails on his laptop. And Anthony Weiner, of course, is the husband of Huma Abedin, who's the body close, or the closest body, shall we say, or the special friend, whatever you want to call her, to Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. Of course, whose campaign chairman is John Podesta, whose 70,000 emails were leaked before the known existence of the server. The 70,000 emails were incrementally released beginning October 3rd, and that's what started everything. And when people began investigating the, the emails of Podesta, they, saw, they began to realize, wait a minute, there's so many references to pizza, pasta, hot dogs, ice cream, weird things, and that 
you know, you can maybe exploit it, but then, no, not really. And the people that read, read it and uh, 4chan got a hold of it. And, uh, again, the Pettibone Sisters, fantastic in investigative um, uh, research done. And soon, things were being exposed. So there are connections between the power brokers and the owner of, allegedly now, and the owners of uh, Comet Ping Pong, which is James Elephantis. Many of the images you saw there came from the social feed. James Oliphantus is the owner of Comet Ping Pong. He is the romantic partner of former CTR director David Brock. You know David Brock in the power circles of D.C. Hillary Clinton, of course, and Elephantus. Elephantus had fundraisers for Hillary Clinton at Comet Ping Pong. As a matter of fact, Comet Ping Pong also hosted a phone bank for uh, Barack Hussein Obama. There are photographs of Barack, or a photo of Elephantus posting showing Obama playing ping pong with the young boy at Comet Ping Pong, uh, allegedly. Obama has been identified in, in uh, the WikiLeaks Podesta dump as having held a phone banks at Comet Ping Pong's location. Elephantus is also listed in the White House record as having visited uh, the White House a few times. And George Soros is even involved. Can't forget him uh, with this pizza uh, place. He is listed as a major donor to the American Bridge 21st Century PAC. And the PAC is on record with the FEC as having made several donations to Comet Ping Pong, about 30, 33 grand worth. Now, Marina Abramovic, um Elephantus appears to have some form of relationship to spirit cooking artist Marie, uh, Marina Abramovic as references her in his Instagram. You saw some of the social networking feed there and some of the images. And of course, the, uh, there was a, there's actually a photo of, uh, Elephantus posing, uh, Elephantus actually posted a photo of Tony Podesta's house and the sculpture, which you saw, of course, in the Dahmer connection. Folks, we're going to have more on this. I will be drilling down more on this, and hopefully we can get this out. This has got to be exposed. This, And I will say this. This goes back to 1997. There were, do you remember APAC? Do you remember the, uh, well, I'll tell you what. On the other side, I'm going to be getting into this, but understand that this goes back to the Asian Pacific nations and providing underage boys as prostitutes to visiting dignitaries. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Follow, subscribe to our channel, please. Follow us and keep up on our investigative research. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. The first half hour I devoted to just a, an outline. I mean, I did not even do it justice to what uh, to what the Podesta emails have spawned. The investigation, citizen research, has done, and there's more because the uh, there, there's a little girl by the name of Madeline McCon, and I didn't even include this in there, uh, who disappeared a number of years ago, almost a decade ago, from Portugal. And if you look at the suspects, there were two suspects. Well, actually, there were artist renderings of suspects involved in her disappearance. Cute little girl from Portugal who was who disappeared. 
name is Madeline McCon, and you can check this out. It's it's on fire all across the. In fact, I, I believe I posted it on my Twitter page. You can look at uh, Doug, uh, my Twitter page, which is at Hagman PI. Uh, it's just a couple of postings down, but uh, um, if you t- all, all I all I would like you to do is take a look at the artist drawings of the two individuals who are suspected were suspected in that kidnapping and disappearance of Madeline uh, McCon from Portugal. And take a look at the suspect drawings, the renderings. Here's what you're going to see. You're going to see an uncanny, almost photographic match to John and Tony Podesta. Now, this this disappearance took took place in Portugal. Now, I did not draw this. I'm not the source of this. Rumors are going around that, hey, look at this. And I have to say, it's it's a perfect match. What does that mean? Uh, look, I don't know. Um, uh, all I can tell you is the citizen researchers have said that Anonymous came out and said, hey, wait a minute, I think we have verification that uh, the Podesta brothers were in Portugal at the time. How do they know that? I don't know. I'm not saying anything of the sort. I'm just saying what was on social networking feed. All I would urge you to do is search pictures, Madeline McCon, disappearance, and suspects. I didn't put it up here because I don't have the time. We're going to take this. We're going to, we're going to do a little bit something a little bit differently. I'm, I'm honored to have with with me right now. I need clean water. I need a shower. Seriously, after after looking at this, we all do, don't we? Um, many of you know that I've, uh, of course, I've got my share of health problems, and and I've, I've got my share of, uh, you know, my hours are just horrible. But anyway, I found something that. Uh, J.D. actually uh, turned me on to this. And uh, if you go to Water by Sydney, uh, yeah, Water by Sydney. Water by, let me try this again. See what happens when when your mind is like into this? Water by Cindy. You know, like Cindy? Water by Cindy. Go to waterbycindy.com. I can say it. This lady's name is Cindy Geddes. She's got a just a uh, just a wonderful way to treat our water and uh, make us healthier. She's got a system that uh, I want to talk to her about this. And you know, I'm, I'm so proud to have her now as a sponsor of our show. And uh, but before I before I brought her on, before I even committed to that, I, I wanted to find out what this what this system was all about. So I asked her to send me a system, and she did. And I use this system to treat my water. And uh, I've had phenomenal results. And I can't even do justice by telling you. I can do justice by telling you the results I've had, and I will. But I can't do justice about the system until I bring Cindy Geddes on Water by Cindy. Cindy, thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, telling everybody. Well, you know, Cindy, here's the thing. We have, uh, we have tough times coming up and we offer solutions. Many people have the, it's easy to say, you know, it's easy to talk about problems, right? So we have solutions. And, and one of the solutions I found specifically with regard to water, clean water and health is, well, you had your water system. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself and your system because I want the listeners to know 
what you do specifically, so I don't mispronounce words and get your, you know, call you Sydney again. I'm going to call you Sydney. <laughs> um, just let you go and, and kind of explain what you have and, and just introduce yourself and your product because this is so cool, folks. Take a listen to this. Cindy, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yes, uh, I sort of fell into this. I have done in the past health benefits and things to be able to help people, alternative uh, health insurance and things like that. But um, I truly feel, Doug, that this will be the next must-to-have appliance in every kitchen, not only in this country, but in the world. Um, our product is called Kongen Water, and it's the better choice for hydration. So what it is, it's an ionized pH balance water, and uh, it's filled with minerals such as magnesium, calcium, and potassium. Now, Enagic has been around since 1974, and um, that is the name of the company. So Enagic is the company, and the product is Kongen Water. Now, it's a privately held company, and they're an OEM company, which means original equipment manufacturer. Now, what I, I mean by that, about that... Yeah, sure. go ahead. Yeah, sure. That, that, that's um, important, too. Go ahead. It is, because uh, they do everything from the research and development to the manufacturing, to the sales, to the support, and to the warranty. So they're the top leader, industry leader. They've won many awards. And um, so they manufacture high-quality water technical uh, technology equipment. So and a lot of other um, water systems out there compare themselves to us. But um, we never compare ourselves to anybody else because we're, we're the first. And we are the number one in the industry. Okay. We well, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, sure. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, um, we are in 12 countries, so we are around the world, and we've got five locations here in the U.S. So I will mention just briefly that um, Japan has over 300 hospitals that use the big commercial units to supply themselves with the medical-grade Kongen water. And most of their schools use Kongen water, and many of their restaurants use and sell Kongen water in Japan. So I would like to eventually see that into our hospitals here in the U.S. and in our schools, how to make a... Exactly. This is one thing that I've I've never really understood... For example, you make coffee with water. You make, um, perhaps you make iced tea with water. You clean with water. You bathe with water. You drink water. You do all sorts of things with water. You know, there are seven types of water, and I never knew that, um, uh, with respect to your systems. And I found some really interesting things. Uh, it's cost savings. It's, it's, uh, not only cost savings, but it's, uh, there's health benefits and, and a number of benefits. Can you explain what's, what I've I experienced. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, the the type of waters that we have, um, we have a strong Kongen water. Now that is not for drinking, but you can actually use this as a degreaser. Um, 
uh, or excuse me, um, you take your uh, vegetables. A lot of uh, pesticides are oil-based. So rinsing your vegetables with regular water doesn't do anything. And I was one of those people. The farmers can't have their pesticides wash off in the rain every time uh, it rains. So um, this is actually you would put, like, for instance, tomatoes in a bowl of water of the uh, strong Kongan water and for about 10 minutes. And you will actually, when you pull them out, you'll see a yellow residue. And that's Roger that. He, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Have you done that yourself? Were you able to my do wife that? did. No, my Good. wife did, and she actually called me. Uh, called me into the kitchen. and said, "What is this?" <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and we couldn't believe it. And yeah. this is the stuff that you won't be consuming, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. Yeah, and it makes your uh, fruits and vegetables and all your food just taste better. Um, like I said, it can be used as a degreaser uh, for oven cleaners, ra- range hoods, and your marble counters, your stainless steel appliances. Uh, any oily messes in the kitchen can be, this water can use and replace those cleaners. Um, it, it will outclean your fantastic. Pardon me? Yes. It works great yeah. on glass, window glass. Yeah. No spray. Yeah. It'll out clean your Fantastic, your 409, your Mr. Clean. Just a lot of these cleaners are toxic also. So here's a good way to go green with this and not having to purchase those green products with the extra cost cost of uh, what they would cost. So yep. just... Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, no, it, it's just, it, it's absolutely incredible how you can, folks, with this, with this, with a Kangen water system, uh, you can actually create different t- kinds of water, uh, cleaning water, bathing yeah. water, drinking yeah. water. It's, yeah. Some you don't drink, because, and, 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 but others you clean. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. By the way, I, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the segment, coming up at Pastor David Langford and Stephen Quayle, uh, you guys, folks, you got to stick around for that. Some amazing stuff. But go ahead, Cindy. Um, sure. <laughs> Thanks. With this, uh, with the strong Kangen water, also it kills ninety nine point nine percent of all bacteria in about thirty minutes, like Salmonella, E. coli, mold, staph, fungus. So now, and then the drinking waters, you've got the pH of eight point five to nine point five. There's three buttons, so it's eight point five, nine and nine point five. So the, you would start off drinking uh, the eight point five for about a week, and then move up to the nine point and then about a week or two later, the 9.5. Now, I will tell you, Doug, there are some side effects to Kangen water, but very minor. Number one, it hydrates your brain in about 30 seconds, and that's because of the microcellular clusters. So it goes all over the body and hydrates your body right away. And then next, you're going to sleep better. (laughs) The reason why... Uh, is because the water hydrates your brain and and uh, creates melatonin. Melatonin helps you sleep. And then next, you're going to detox, which means you'll possibly go to the bathroom a little more, but it starts to clean the body. And then also, the last thing is um, uh, you will also start getting more energy. Now, the reason is, um, your body starts producing serotonins, and serotonins, by the way, increase your energy. But those are the four minor side effects that you'll get 
from Calga, Congan uh, alkaline water. <laughs> hey, and I, and I, can, I can verify this. The energy <laughs> boost is incredible. Um, when, I, when I say you mix it with coffee, you know, you don't even have to have mm-hmm. coffee. It, it is, it, it's not a side effect. I, and to me, it's not a side effect. It's an intentional benefit. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, it's a, it really is, it's a benefit plus, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the brain hydration, which really is interesting because, uh, I didn't know what to think initially about that whole clarity of thought process, although you couldn't tell it by me. My wife would be a better example of it. Uh, but also the sleeping aspect, too. A hydrated brain allows you to sleep because of the melatonin. And so you don't have to you don't have to mix this with sleepy time tea if you're having trouble no. sleeping. Although, you know, if you do, it's kind of like a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes. so my wife and I were looking at what we could do to increase our health. This, and, and this is it. Folks, I mean, this is really cool. So, go ahead. Now that I've interrupted you again for the drinking, That's okay. But uh, just want to verify this. This really works. Yeah, and and uh, this also has uh, clean water, which is a neutral water. That's the pH seven point which pretty much comes out of your faucets, minus all of the contaminants, hormones, and metals from your tap water. <laughs> um, but this is the water for taking medications. And the reason you drink this with medications is so there's no influence on the effectiveness. And then about a half an hour, you go back to drinking the alkaline water. It also has beauty water. I don't know if your wife got to try that. It's uh, better than any toner out there on the market, whether you get it from Walmart or any expensive department store. And it's free. You get it unlimited amount. It's almost like an astringent. I don't know if that's... It's... It's hard to explain, folks, but it's almost like a facelift. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it is. It tightens your skin up. And, uh, you know, again, folks, listener protection program, I don't talk about anything that we don't use ourselves, and this is an amazing device, amazing uh, process for, for those who are really interested in health, beauty, cleaning, everything, and anything water-related. Go ahead. Yeah, and also I will tell you that this is also a great natural aftershave. So, and then lastly, with this beauty water, you can actually wash your floors, even wood floors, and there's a faster drying time. So this also saves you money. And then the final uh, water is a strong acidic water. It's a 2.5. It is not for drinking, but it is for disinfecting. So you can use it in place of a foot fungal medicine for cold sore treatments. Um, I actually carry a little uh, spray bottle that I use as my hand sanitizer. You can put it on your skin for eczema or psoriasis, and there's many dentists out there that use this machine to sterilize their tools for their practice, and they use the water um, for the treatment of periodontal disease, and it also is great for stop bleeding. So I've actually, I use this for mouthwash and always rinse with the regular water after I have uh, gargled and, and used it, and that's the clean water. So, But it tightens the teeth, and they've documented that in some cases the 2.5 can reverse the periodontal disease. So again, very yep. money-saving and, and good for your health. You know, I, I never thought that that would be plain water would be you know would replace mouthwash. And when I had I had a dentist appointment to just a checkup, and 
um, this is right after I got got your system, and and, mm-hmm. and I had asked the dentist. I said, "Look, you know, this is what I'm doing. I explain what I'm doing, and because he, he's a big proponent of the mouthwash, and, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.' You, you know, I've oh, I've read about this, and and you know, he checked me. He said, "Yeah, yeah, everything looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, I can verify that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I've been using that as a mouthwash myself. So, yeah, uh, you know, so, to, to, yeah, a." Uh, uh, health benefits. Uh, I'm going to give you just a quick brief of of, of what you know. Con- one glass of Kangen water is 16 times powerful than vitamin C. One glass of Kangen water is eight times more powerful than green tea. So most people use green tea as a antioxidant. And then one glass of Kangen water is four times powerful than cod liver oil. Yuck! <laughs> but then uh, one that. glass. Yeah, <laughs> that was an old remedy. But one glass of Kangen water is like eating four pounds of fruits and vegetables. So it's very healthy for you. Um, and I less will filling. tell you. Pardon me. And less filling. Yes. <laughs> four pounds. Yes, you can yeah. drink this water and not. Feel, feel bloated, and that's because it doesn't have the acidic uh, uh, components that regular water has. Let me tell you, bottled water, um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I just drink bottled water. Well, let me tell you, bottled water is not a good thing um, in reality because... Um, you know, with a lot of the acidic levels, uh, that ages us. And then the plastic bottle that the water is packaged in contains a chemical called BPA, and they are proven to be hazardous to human health. In other words, poisonous. So, um, and something else that um, people don't know is that government does not mandate the bo- uh, bottled water to be any safer than tap water. So I just wanted to throw that out there for you. But I've actually yeah, heard... In some, many- cases it is, in some cases, it is merely tap water. Yes, it is. It's, yeah, it's actually, yeah, and uh, it's not regulated. So there's a lot right. of things that could be in that, too, besides just the BPA. But we share um, in the Kongan community um, people that are reps to this business. We share um, our successes, our success stories, and um, besides what's happened for me and my husband while we drank it, but I've heard of a couple of stories that I'd like to share real quick. Um, I know that we're under a time limit here, but... That's all right. um, Please share, because folks, look, this is all about solutions, providing you with with things that will help you improve your quality of your life, save your life, enhance your life. Please share. Yep. And our motto is change your water, change your life. So that is a coined phrase that uh, Enagic has. Um, I heard about a lady whose daughter had gout for about a year and a half, and she wasn't going out. She had a lot of pain. After drinking the water for about seven days, the the pain went away. And after 30 days of drinking the water, the gout went away. 
Now, I don't know her personally, but that was from a an acquaintance that I know that's in the company. And then I do, I can attest this for myself, but acid reflux disease is, uh, can be reversed through this. Um, also, there was a woman that had fibromyalgia. Uh, she was a mother, a young mother, and every time her children would hug her, she would wince. Her husband bought the system, and after a couple of weeks, her friend um, said that uh, the husband called him and kept thanking him over and over. Um, she was not having the symptoms anymore. She was actually out playing tennis again, and the husband was just, I mean, he was beside himself saying that, you know, he was very thankful for the Congan water, that she is back to herself again. And I have heard about diabetes being reversed. This does help in weight loss. Um, high blood pressure going away, along with high cholesterol problems being resolved, and then living more manageable lives with arthritis, colitis, carpal tunnel syndrome, and just bettering colon health. So the doctor that created the colon um, colonoscopies, he recommends any of his patients, whether they've got the problems or beforehand or after, um, he re- highly recommends this because it just it helps the colon so much and makes things work a lot better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, the cost-effectiveness cost of this, I mean, just with all the things that we've said and bettering your health, for one, being able to go green without the cost of uh, or the expense of green cleaners, um, just there's just so many things. I mean, getting rid of having to pay for bottled water anymore or to, um, you know, uh, just, I mean, we're supposed to be caretakers of the earth, first of all. So just being able to get rid of having the plastic bottles throw away. Let me ask you this. Do you know how many plastic bottles the U.S. throws away each year? No. The U.S. goes through about 50 billion, that's B, water bottles a year, and most of those plastic containers are not recyclable. So just, I mean, just a couple of people using this, and there's a lot more than a couple, but what I'm saying is just a couple of people, just a, it changes immensely. There's, there's just, I mean, billions of water bottles. That's just ridiculous. We're supposed to be the caretakers of the world, and uh, that's not really helping at all, so... But, yeah, Man, no more crazy. having expenses of cleaners or having to, uh, um, you know, go and get expensive toners or uh, floor cleaners. I mean, just every aspect of your life can be changed with this one machine. You know, and, and i got to tell you, I, I, was, I was pretty, I didn't think, I, didn't, I really didn't think, by changing the pH of the water, it was going to mean it. I, did, I really didn't think this was going to be right. I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to work. I was very cautiously optimistic, but after I saw my wife, you know, use it and, and, uh, after I saw the benefits, um, including that, uh, the spur of energy, my goodness, and, and the clarity of mind, I, that really sold me. 
Just well, and we in, were right there with you when we saw this machine. But and when we purchased, it, you know, I've I've known several people that get it, and and I'm like, you know what? This is just after I saw the demonstration. I'm like, this is just really great. And people can go to my website at www.waterbycindy, and they can see all kinds of videos, and they can see a presentation about the alkalinity of the water and things like that. But my husband, I've been married to him for 26 years now, and the first week that we had, uh, that, you know, we were sleeping, he was running. It was almost like he was riding a bike or running a marathon in bed, and we found out he had restless leg syndrome. So he's always taken medication for that, and he has not touched any of his medication after about two weeks of uh, drinking the water, he's not had any medication whatsoever for this. His um, muscles in his legs are no longer sore. He actually tore a meniscus behind his left knee, and he would usually wake up at the minimum three times a week with really uh, his legs really sore. He doesn't have any of those aches and pains. I was having the onset of arthritis, and that's pretty much gone now. My skin is better. I have no more headaches. That is hereditary on my mother's side. She used to have wicked migraines, but I used to just get the headaches, and I no longer have headaches. Even when I'm hungry, I don't get those headaches. So there are lots of benefits to getting this and just drinking better water for ourselves now. Cindy, you, uh, oh, I hope to hear more from you. We've reached the, uh, conclusion here, but I will say this. Your water system is perhaps one of the best investments anyone can make in my view because of everything you said. It works. The health benefits are incredible. The cleaning benefits are incredible. And throw, throw a tomato in the water. Uh, let me tell you something. You will see what, uh, comes off of that piece of fruit, vegetable, whatever. Cindy, thank you so much. Waterbycindy.com, waterbycindy.com. And certainly you, you accept emails for questions and such, right? Yes, People I do. And all my contact all right. information is right there on my website. I look forward to answering any questions for anybody. All right. We'll talk again soon. Thank, thank you, Cindy. You. Thank Folks, we're going to be right back with uh, Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle. Stay right where you're at. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman, our very special guest coming right up is Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com. Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com as well. You know, um, if you go to hagmanreport.com and you can read, or go to stevequayle.com, it's linked off of stevequayle.com, you can read what I wrote earlier today. Steve and I spoke earlier today. Pastor Langford, Steve and I spoke at different times. You know, with, with the election, with the success, with the triumph of Donald Trump, have we not been given a reprieve? Conservative Christians believe so, at least the majority of them. Some still say, well, you know, I wouldn't vote for uh, Donald Trump. I certainly don't, you know, uh, he's, uh, no, I couldn't in good conscience vote for Donald Trump. But then, you know, you're casting your vote for Hillary Clinton, as we had talked about many times going up to the election. And what does that mean? Because if you don't vote for Trump and if you, you throw your vote away or you don't vote, then you're part of the problem. I'm sorry to say, we have to play the, the, the deck of cards that we have been dealt. 
if you don't play the cards you've been dealt, then you're not. What are you going to do? Walk away from the game? You're not going to play. You're not going to be a, a soldier in the game. You're not going to be a player in the game. You're not going to fight the battle in which we need to engage. That's right. So you've got to. You got to. You got to work with what you got. So that means either you voted for Trump, and we have a reprieve, or if you're a numbskull, you sat out or you threw your vote away. And numbskull, in my view, now. Um, I, I've got a worse name for you, uh, actually contributing to the problem, especially if you're a conservative Christian and you're awake and aware and you, and you threw your vote away or didn't vote at all, then in my view, you are, you are part of the problem and certainly not part of the solution. But see, God now, in, in, at least in, in the view of many conservative Christians, and I know Steve and Pastor Langford, I'm not going to speak for them, but it, it would appear that America has been given a reprieve, a chance to right the wrongs, to readjust our moral and spiritual compass, and begin the work. See, people, folks, the work is not behind us. It is ahead of us. Now we've got to make the changes. Now we've got to not make America great again, but make make us right with God. That's what we've got to do. That's the work ahead of us. Under Clinton, do you think that would have happened? I don't think so. We can argue that all day long, but the fact is, there's a Trump victory. There appears to be perhaps a reprieve, and we need to take advantage of that. If we squander this opportunity, I don't believe there are going to be any more. Can we change prophecy? Absolutely not. Can we delay it? Yes. Is it worth a day, another day of joy with your children and your grandchildren? I say it is. Is it worth a day when you can save souls, bring souls to, to, to Jesus? I believe it is. And if you don't, well, then what do you do? To me, that, that's, that's, that's just a, a sham. I mean, you're, you're nothing more than a sham. And, and shame on you for contributing to the problem. That's, now this is me speaking. I just want to add one thing before we go any further, folks. There was a, the first half hour of this program, I dedicated to the perversity that's out there on social media. Now look, folks, you're going to see, and I guarantee this, you're going to see a huge blowback from this. When I was on with Alex Jones, um, I, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just, I, I'm not going to get into it. But you're going to see a huge blowback, and you're going to see attempts to marginalize, to take down, to say, oh, this is a bunch of BS, this is orchestrated, this is manufactured. I'm sorry, folks, to tell you that the evidence in totality is there. And it, look, 30 years as an investigator, I've never seen anything like this. You can check the um, the evidence that has been laid out in various forums uh, by civilian investigators. Take a look at the evidence. Take a look at the documentation. Take a look at what they have uncovered, if you don't want to believe me. But for heaven's sake, and I mean that, believe it, because it's real. All right? But expect that anyone who speaks about this, send social networking about this, post to a forum about this, you can expect the gates of hell to be unleashed and you to be marginalized. So be prepared when you talk about this, when you say that this exists, this perversity exists, when you say, look, there's evidence here, there's documentation here, be prepared to have you, just be, just brace for impact. That's all I've got to tell you because it is coming. I guarantee you it is coming. This is the stuff people get killed over. Trust me when I tell you that. Without any further ado, now that I've done, uh, got my blood pressure up, Pastor David Langford from the voiceofevangelism.com, the uh, America's pastor in my view, 
and certainly our pastor here at the Hagman and Hagman Report, and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Steve, I'm going to kick it off to you. Let's rock. Well, I think, Doug, that the uh, indignancy that should be absolutely uh, voiced throughout the land at the open pedophilia, the open slaughter of children, the open sacrifice of children, the open cannibalization, all of the little illustrations out there that are so obscene, yet people are sanctimonious, and I know people that I've broken off fellowship with, I'm just going to say this, we won't go into names, that I will never speak to again. They'll complain about this or the trivials, but they absolutely will not believe what God has revealed. Now, I'm on record, and David and I are going to talk about this stuff tonight, but I want to share something. The Lord spoke to my heart, and and we're going to take this whole thing on tonight, David and I are, but if you're half-hearted, you're going to be defeated. God gave us this battle, but the war is yet to be fought, and we are to fight the good fight of faith. This isn't rock and share time. This isn't social media time. This isn't high-five time. This is basically in the bunker, on your face, on your knees, and then hearing the word of the Lord and being obedient to it. So I would like to open up tonight with 2 Kings 13, 14 through 25. Now, this is a critical issue. The Word of God has gone forth. I will say this. Pastor Langford was on record. Henry Groover was on record. Henry Groover was on your show when he said, Doug, you remember this, that God gave him a, a dream or a vision and basically saw a robe, a robe being placed over him. That's a mantle for people that don't get it. So tonight I'm going to open up with Elisha, obviously the one who got Elijah's mantle. And I want to read this, and then I'll give it to you. I'll speak a, a few minutes, and David, I'll turn it right over to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness. This is 2 Kings 13, 14 through 25, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And Elisha then said, I'm just filling that in. And Elisha said, Take the arrows. And he took them. He said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. In other words, Elisha told him to do a specific act. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou should have smitten five or six times. Then thou hadst smitten Syria till thou had consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And Elisha died and they buried him. And, and ladies and gentlemen, then it says, And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land in the coming of the year. And it came to pass, as they were burying men, that, behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast a man into the sepulcher, a dead man. And Elisha's anointing was so so great that the man came back to life. Now, why I believe, Doug, and Pastor Langford, God gave me this to open this show with, is because the king, even though the, the hand of God's... Uh, 
most anointed prophet at that time. He had double the anointing of Elijah. He had the victory. He looked to the king of Israel. He looked, I'm sorry, he looked to the prophet of Israel. He was a king of Israel, and he understood that Elisha was the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. In other words, Elisha's power was greater than all the hosts of hell and all the Syrian army. But look what happened. Even though he he basically uh, got a victory the three times of the Syrians, he was half-hearted. And basically, Doug and Pastor Langford, I believe we are in the same category as Joash if we don't pound the ground seven times. I've made it a point. If the Lord says something to me, I say it seven times. It's kind of my retaliation, if you will, against this specific passage that God help me not to be half-hearted. So here's the thing. The you know, the king saw the demonstration of the faith. He knew the anointing on Elisha. He knew the absolute power of Elisha, but then he didn't apply it to his position and became half-hearted. And Doug, this is what I think that you're talking about tonight and that David's going to talk tonight. We all say, Jesus loves me, this I know, that our our I pray we do, that are bought by the blood of the Lamb, uh, you know, and, and we, we declare our love for Jesus. I'm sorry, he declares his love for us, but where is the love back for Jesus? And I know David's going to get into that, but here's the deal. Half-heartedness leads to defeat. And what you brought up, the sickening nature of the pedophilia, I, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, as God is in his holy heaven on his throne, please understand Understand what we're saying tonight, that you have abject cannibalism, child sacrifice, you have blood rituals, you have all of Hollywood pretty much, with exceptions, but I would guess 90 percentile, uh, turned against Donald Trump, and because he's a law and order guy, God is going to expose this, Doug, beyond what even you know, what I know, what Pastor Langford knows, because the sins of this nation are so grievous, but God God's mercy, where sin did abound, God's grace did much more abound. So this is a call to war. This is a war cry. This is not a give up and sit on our laurels, rest on our laurels, and once again go back to sleep. And so I pray tonight, uh, Doug and Pastor Langford, that God just gives us the anointing to defeat the Syrians totally, and in this case, the enemies of the living God, the perverts in high places, the pedophiles, the cannibals, the wretched, uh, vomitous nature of Hollywood. And I pray that God literally brings down Hollywood, brings it down hard, brings it down fast, because they are the ones that bewitch the whole earth and all of the networks along with them. Go ahead, Pastor David. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Doug, for allowing us to come on tonight and share the word of the Lord. As you both have very well presented your case tonight, this is definitely not the time to become apathetic or complacent. And regretfully, every time God gave Israel a victory, uh, they would turn and become lethargic, became apathetic, became complacent, and then sin crept back in, and of course God allowed judgment uh, to to come upon Israel. But this has been a a victory. And, And I keep saying I'm very cautiously optimistic. My optimism is very guarded. I am very careful. Uh, I sense in my spirit 
there is something out there waiting on us that's bigger than anything we've seen in quite some time. Um, and, and I just feel in my spirit that we need, when this event takes place, I don't know what it is. I said it on the Jim Baker show. Steve will confirm it. There's something coming. And I sensed in my heart Saturday night that whatever this event is, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. This event will be a satanic event. It will be a distraction. Uh, it will bring doubt. It will bring fear and anxiety into the hearts of many. And this is why we have to keep our focus on the Lord. I don't know what this event will be. I don't know where it will be, when it will be. But I sense in my spirit there is a tremendous plot of the enemy. Um, I've been listening to Obama. He's not going to leave the scene gracefully. Um, he is going to foment. He is an emissary of hell. He's a child of hell. Everything he represents is hellish. He's going to bring to fruition something very, very ungodly. And he may end up being uh, taken out himself after the presidency to, to foment untold civil unrest in this nation uh, in, 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 in a very, very ungodly way. I, I've had on my heart, I'm going to share it tonight, where the Magi went to see Jesus. And um, I want to pick it up in Matthew 2 and 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. That was a lie. He had no intentions of worshiping Jehovah. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I believe God is preempting us, warning us right now of what's coming. We, we've all, for the most part, thought, well, Obama will be the one to declare martial law. But when righteousness begins to prevail, lawlessness explodes and attacks righteousness. Lies always attack the truth. The truth is not an attack. The truth is a fact. It's not an attack. People, people misunderstand so much about truth. Truth is just that. It's just truth. It's like the justice, uh, the scales and the blindfold on the woman. It, it, it's not supposed to see race, creed, color, anything of that nature. That's God's righteousness. It's just doing the right thing. Truth is just that. It's truth. It's not an attack. It's not an assault. It's not to impinge or anything. It's just telling the truth. The Bible says they were warned of God in a dream. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. 
Satan will seek now to destroy this victory. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. That would be out of the book of Hosea. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently acquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. That these, these, these adjectives are describing what I see. Lamentation, weeping, great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. Couldn't be comforted because all their children had been killed. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And, he, and when he had heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea, in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. When Messiah was born, Satan wasted no time and creating havoc in the land. I want you to think about every mother, every home, every family that had a male child two years old or younger, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. And they went there and they slew every one of those children. A lot of people are going to lose their lives because of the great divide in this nation and as Steve and Doug has so well said the battle is on I, you know we always look at it too often in the natural and we, 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 we reason in our own human thoughts how we perceive this is going to come to fruition I would be the first to tell you I thought it would be Obama that would declare martial law and, and that scenario could still exist before the inauguration but it could also be that when righteousness is exalted and they advocate we're going to keep the laws, we're going to enforce the laws, we're going to do away with the sanctuary cities, we're going to enforce immigration, this act of righteousness oftentimes is what brings the great divide. Because Satan then rises up to stop the work and the hand of God. As long as the church is complacent, apathetic, indifferent, lukewarm, tepid. Satan doesn't fight. He doesn't have to because he has the church in his own cradle. He's rocked the church asleep. And every time there's ever been a spiritual awakening in any any nation, any country, whether it be the Welch Revival or whatever, all the great men, Wesley, Whitehead, all these men that God used, there was always great confrontation. Why? 
because the standard of righteousness was lifted up. It's, it's, it's like uh, uh, the, the city in Japan, when I, I forget the name of the city, when they put the American flag up uh, in World War II. When God's standard is lifted up, that's Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Satanism, demonic entities and powers have risen up in this nation mightily. And so God now is going to lift up a standard. And when that standard begins to be raised, the wickedness is measured by the standard of God's righteousness. And then when people are mirrored in that righteousness... They're going to see we have to do an all-out assault because we're all going to be manifest for who we are because righteousness deems whether you're right or you're wrong. Uh, the scripture, uh, Genesis 18:25, shall not the judge of all the earth do that which is right. When the righteous judge lifts up his standard, that's when the opposition is going to be made manifest. And, and that's why this is such a very dangerous such a very tenuous hour, church. Everyone listening to me, this is, this is a very, very dangerous hour. Even the politicians are saying, in, in, in political transition, uh, a nation is vulnerable to an attack or, or something of that nature uh, because it's a, it's a very weak link during that process. And, and I want to encourage you. Uh, I, I've made it a part of my life uh, to start praying for Donald Trump and his protection. Uh, there's a lot of sinister things that are going on. There's a lot of evil people that we have allowed to become the rulers of the darkness of this world. We've, we've suffered this. We've, we've tolerated this. And now when God raises his standard of righteousness and says, I'm going to stop it, then that's when the lawlessness explodes exponentially. It's, it's not the, uh, the Christians. It's, it's, the, it's the sinners and the wicked and the ungodly and the unrighteous that are going to lift themselves up and oppose us. Doug, I know we're getting close to the break. I'm going to give it back to you. All right, Pastor. Yeah, we're uh, we're a couple minutes out. If you want to go ahead and continue, that's fine. Because okay, I, people have got to understand this is not the time to go to sleep because we've had a victory. Uh, Psalms ninety-eight one two says, "His right hand." His holy arm hath gotten him the victory. He hath made known his salvation unto his people. The word salvation there, he hath made his deliverance known unto the people. But every time God wrought a great victory, the people just, you know, kick back and said, well, the battle's won. Let's go about our merry way. And, and what we're trying to say to the listeners tonight, you can't now uh, fall by the wayside. Now is when you've got to fight more than ever before because this is a true fight. This is this is a as Paul said to Timothy, First Timothy six twelve, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold to eternal life. We've got to lay hold to eternal life, and and right now Satan is going to try to deprive us of this victory. This this is going to be his 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 mindset is to deprive us of what God has done, and we can't afford to lose this ground. If we keep praying, we keep fasting, we can retain the ground and gain ground. But in the process, uh, there's going to be a lot of hurt, uh, regretfully, in the, a lot of people's lives are, are in the balances, and they don't even know it. Those who are spiritually blind and a spiritual daughters are not aware 
of how tenuous things are. They just think it's fun to mock, to demean, to castigate, to impinge. They think that's cute. They don't understand the spirit that is behind that because they're of their father the devil and they can't see the danger of it. But the danger is proliferating and, and, and proliferating exceedingly at this hour. I'm going to give it back to you, Doug. I don't run yeah, in, in, you know, Pastor, I mean, it, it seems like uh, um, I, as I look and and uh, as I look over the landscape of what's taking place, we have this um, this increasing, at least I feel, an increasing sense of of uh, uh, peril. Uh, we're, we're in a very perilous time. I believe we're in one of the most dangerous times in American history. And to see people walking around and not <clears throat> not really understanding the gravity of the situation, the fact that you know you've got. Uh, the Obama regime, the ideology, the, the globalists who have this death grip on power, they don't want to let go. So the, the scorched earth policy behind it, um, it's just, it, to me, it's incredible. Folks, you're listening to Pastor David Langford, thevoiceofevangelism.com. Go there, thevoiceofevangelism.com. There, check out his books. Revelation 13 Revealed, an incredible resource about uh, the end of days. <clears throat> and, of course, stevequail.com. I was talking to him earlier today. Uh, two things about that. Empire Beneath the Ice. If you haven't read that, oh man, that's more relevant today than ever before. Empire Beneath the Ice and True Legends, The Unholy Sea. Folks, uh, check it out. And by the way, all the books, DVDs make great Christmas gifts. We're right back with Pastor David Langford, thevoiceofevangelism.com, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Stay right where you're at. Edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Very special guest, Steve Quayle. SteveQuayle.com. Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com. Pastor David Langford, just, just off the road, just now, uh, from uh, preaching, um, elsewhere. Hopefully he had a great, uh, experience there. I'm sure that, uh, everyone who attended was touched and blessed by by his words, I, I know. Boy, I've been I've been on the in the audience when when Pastor Langford preaches, and man, I'll tell you, it's a life uh, life altering experience, folks. Uh, the, this broadcast is other broadcasts are brought to you by our sponsors. Of course, we couldn't do this without the people who help us pay our bills. And of course, you heard uh, from Cindy Geddes here earlier. Uh, waterbycindy.com waterbycindy.com visit her website if you have questions. You, you heard her earlier in the program. We invited her on because I could not believe that people everywhere, I mean, look, folks, people everywhere are discovering the life-changing power of uh, Kangen water systems. Visit waterbycindy.com. And you know what? She's in the office now. If you have any questions, send her an email. That's uh, waterbycindy.com. But, uh, Pastor Langford, thank you so much for your insight, and thank you for doing what you do. I just have to say that uh, many people have sent emails and said, you know, You've always been right on the money. And Steve, you too. You've been well ahead of your time. Thank you for what you do. I'm going to turn it over to you, Steve. Take us where you want us to, to go. Well, I want to go to Isaiah 59, 16 through 20, because here's the thing. 
as much as I wish that there was a way to physically make all this evil go away, it, it's not going to happen in the physical realm. And for a guy that's kind of um, task-oriented, that's where faith comes in. I want to take everybody to Isaiah fifty-nine sixteen through 20, a very familiar passage of Scripture, and speaking about God. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it is sustained him, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. Now here it is. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Now God has been so lovingly faithful to all who besought the Lord to intervene, but the cry for God's intervention must be followed up with the people suiting themselves up in armor for the battle. We've heard the scripture, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, I make no bones uh, or apologies about it. The thing that's been lacking that allowed the church to fail is its ability to basically deny the power of the Holy Spirit, or deny that there is any Holy Spirit, to not take on the full armor of God, and to not recognize that we can't do this on our own. I want to take everybody to Isaiah 28, 11 through 14. And then, Pastor, in a couple minutes, I'll turn it over to you. Isaiah 28, 11, 14. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the Lord, excuse me, but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Wherefore hear the Lord, excuse me, wherefore hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people in Jerusalem. Now, where am I going with this? In Isaiah 28:11, stammering lips, I looked it up in, in the Strong's, and it basically means with languages you haven't learned. Now, most people think that this thing is a wind-up doll. Their walk with Jesus is like the old uh, tin robotic toys, which, by the way, are worth a lot of money now, from Japan after World War II. The point being that God doesn't wind us up and say, go bounce off walls. He redeems us. He absolutely washes us from our sin and his blood. He gives us a resurrection power. But the reason there's death in this land, the reason there's so much death, in this land. The reason the little ones are slaughtered, the reason the perverts are, uh, their passion is playing out in the movies, the, the way they mock the living God is because there is no power of the Holy Ghost being manifest as God wants to manifest it. 
You can argue with me all you want, but the Scripture, remember the Scripture. In the book of Acts, even though the uh, disciples had been in the upper room, even though Jesus in John twenty twenty two, I think it was, David, correct me if I'm wrong on the passage there, breathed into them the Spirit of God, he told them to go and wait after his resurrection for the promise of the Father to come. That was a direct fulfillment of Isaiah 28.11, Stammering Looks, because the men around those who the Holy Spirit fell on heard men speaking in languages they had never learned. Now, why is this a powerful thing? There is no way for a Christian to stand against the wearing out in his own strength. I can tell you this. You can have zeal. You can be running on 200 gallons of uh, adrenaline per second, but it won't get the job. Done. The Holy Spirit can do more in a matter of minutes. Now, I want to share something, Doug, and this is it. It is critical for the people of God to recognize when God gave good gifts unto men, He didn't do it just to basically say, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, so thankful for my children. They can just rest on their laurels, and I just, you know, I'll just let them cruise right into glory." We're to fight the good fight of faith, but many people are trying to fight it in their own strength. Many people are trying to understand it in their own mind. Many people are believing that they have power when they have none because they won't accept the power of the Holy Ghost on God's terms. And God's terms are simply this, by faith. Now listen to this in Daniel 7.25, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change the times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, time in the dividing of time. Pastor Langford went into that. I and, and, and others believe that obviously tribulation is 42 months, not seven years. David dealt with that. Isaiah 40, 28-31. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. If you notice, Doug, and, and Pastor Langford, I'm going to turn it right over to you. The last thing that anybody wants to preach about, especially in most Baptist churches and now even in Pentecostal churches, is that you cannot pray in the Spirit just with the natural mind. For the natural mind knoweth not the things of God, yet the Holy Spirit knows the things of God and reveals them unto us. So we need God's battle plan. We need God's power. And he did not uh, make us a bunch of uh, 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 wimps. He gave us the power, not only becomes the sons of God, but to battle and to make war. And I understand the scripture, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But I'm telling you, point blank, there has not been in the last, probably since the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the Jesus movement, and maybe one or two years following the decades of that, of any demonstrable uh, movement of the Spirit of God as in the last days. And I believe we're there. I believe God wants to pour out a Spirit. I believe they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And I believe that love is a two-way street. I can only love Jesus because He first loved me. Some of us can't even love ourselves until God uh, works in our hearts to 
say, I love you, and therefore I want you to love what I've created in you and what I'm recreating in you. So the idea is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the power gifts, the knowledge gifts, all of them are important. And now there's so much uh, wackiness out there in the prophetic field, and I understand that it's it, that there's the real prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy, but the thing that will cause the devil to absolutely be uh, not only constrained but defeated is the power of the Holy Ghost. And David, is it not true, I'll turn it right over to you now, that when Jesus said, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, that is probably the most obvious, uh, what would we say, uh, deficit in modern Christendom. Go ahead, sir. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, when Jesus left, he had to leave the church in the hands of two things, the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. Those were the two entities he left the church in, those two entities. And those two entities, the Holy Ghost is not preached and the Word of God is not preached. Both subjects are failed to be preached today. You know, Steve just gave you a litany of verses in there talking about power. Power. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God says if you don't have the spirit, you're not going to be able to get through this difficult time. We live in the dispensation of the spirit of grace and of baptism. In the Old Testament, they had not yet received the dispensation of the baptism and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in John seven thirty eight, He that believeth in me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now he said something very tremendous just a few moments ago, Steve did, about Baptist. I said many years ago, if you're going to be a Baptist, I would challenge you to be a good Baptist. What do I mean by that? A good Baptist will always preach the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Because John the Baptist preached the baptism in the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist said this in Matthew 3, 11, and 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John the Baptist preached a definite and distinctly different baptism than just water baptism and the Spirit. He preached the baptism in the Holy Ghost with fire. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Acts 2, and cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. This is the power and the impetus that's going to help us get through this. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What we have to understand, as I said a few minutes ago, when God lifts up the standard of righteousness, now, 
He used Nebuchadnezzar to lift up a standard of righteousness against Israel because they had profaned his Sabbaths, they had worshipped idols and phalluses and committed every ungodly and filthy immoral act. Jeremiah talked about it. Uh, you could see the filth under her skirts, uh, very graphic about her whoredom and her harlotry. And, and so when God gets ready to move, the people of God, the godly people, Daniel was a godly man, but he suffered in the midst of the judgment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were godly men. They suffered in the judgment. Ezekiel suffered in the judgment. Jeremiah suffered in the judgment. These were all godly men. But the, the nation in general had totally compromised and totally backslidden away from God. And uh, I want to read from Ezekiel 22, and I want to begin at verse 30, uh, excuse me, verse 21, Ezekiel 22, verse 21. Yea, I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath, and ye shall be melted in the midst thereof. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall ye be melted in the midst thereof. And ye shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Boy, is that not true today. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law. Are not preachers violating the word of God today? I had a, a, a brother email me last week uh, about his church. And uh, it's a Methodist church. And they were all embracing, you know, sodomy, same-sex marriage, the pastor wanting to marry gay people, and he and his wife stood up in opposition against it. And uh, he said, I, I, I hate to be disappointed, but he said, I just said, what the hell is going on? What What's going on in this church? Now, that's his words, not mine. But this brother's heart was grief-stricken because of what's taking place. I had another lady wrote me a letter. I might have done shared this. I don't know. Talk so much and do so many programs and preach, you can't keep up with everything. But this Presbyterian church, who had a female pastor, heard her family went to Scotland, came back, put a, a jug of liquor in the vestibule, Scottish whiskey with cups, and offered everyone a drink of liquor before they came into the sanctuary. Now, this is the kind of feel desecrating the house of God. I thought we were supposed to be getting ready for the presence of God. That's setting up for a nightclub atmosphere. A few drinks, you start firing on the women in the church. Come on, folks. I'm being realistic tonight. This is the kind of garbage that's going on in churches. And we wonder why the nation is in the, in the shape of it. Let me continue on here in Ezekiel 22. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my unholy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves 
ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have dubbed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. Well, there's so much of that in the church today. It's sickening. False prophecies, false prophets. You know, I get lambasted because you don't read the Torah. Don't you know Jesus is coming in 2017? And they declare themselves to be a prophet. One guy told me the other day, he's one of the 144,000 Jews. Uh, that, that, that can't be right because tribulation hasn't begun. This is the cynicism that's crept into the church. And, and, and because they think they know the word, but they don't know the word, they fall into deception. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And here's the key phrase. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own ways have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. God has very unique ways in meeting out judgment. And, and, and however God does it is just. Whether he will use a Donald Trump to be raised up, and we as Christians receive it, we perceive it as a reprieve, but yet this raising up, as I said, of this standard invokes untold civil unrest in our land. And, and I'm telling you, this present president, this man, he is, he is so demonically controlled, it begs description. You just don't have words to describe it. He says, I'm not leaving Washington, I'm going to still remain, and I'm going to speak out concerning the values of America. This is the globalism. He's one of them, the globalist. And this is all about bringing on the new world order and bringing the Antichrist to fruition. This, 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 this man would be a type of Judas Iscariot. He would work covertly with the religious, work covertly with the government, all for the sake of money. That's what all of them do. The love of money is the root of all evil which while some have coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It, it's, it's all about power and control. This, if you want to understand Satanism, there's, there's two objects, power and control. Power and control. That's all they care about. That's all, that's all demons care about is power and control. Power over people's lives and to control areas, governments, whatever the case might be. Remember, Daniel had fasted 21 days, and in the heavenlies there was warfare between Michael, Gabriel, and the prince of Persia. What was Daniel doing? Fasting and praying. In the, in the natural, it may not be too evident, but in the spiritual, there was more war than you could imagine taking place in the heavenlies. Why? Because the man of God was fasting and praying and crying out to God. God's people, when they start standing in the gap, engage in the warfare. We, 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 we trouble the waters through our prayers. We, we trouble the land through our prayers. 
we incite demonic uh, demonic entities as they rise up. Just, just the very presence of Christ calls the demonic at the gatherings to cry out for mercy, that he could, that he could find help. And, and of course, when Jesus said to the demon, you know, what is your name? And uh, he said, Legion, for we are many. But the key there in, in Mark 5 and 10, and he, the demoniac, or let me say the, the, the demon Legion, besought Christ that he would not send them away out of the country, which tells me demons are territorial. When they get a hold, they don't want to give it loose. They don't want to turn loose of it. This nation, we as Christians, we have allowed strongholds to be founded in this nation, like abortion. That's just plain out murder. Child sex abuse, pedophile, we've allowed this. Those that are in authority have turned their heads, and many of them are, are, are a participant in this ungodliness. And so the devil's not giving up this territory willfully. He's going to fight us. And so Jesus, of course, uh, said, you know, there's a herd of swine over there, or they said there's a herd of swine over there. Will you suffer us to go into them? He said, yes. And they entered into the swine, and the Bible said that the swine ran violently. Now, this is what demons do. They create violence. As soon as those demons went into the swine, the herd ran violently. And what did they do? They went and they choked themselves in the sea. Uh, when demons are aroused in this type of a violence, you, you will see much death. You'll see much pillaging, much plunder, because these people are being influenced by satanic powers. They don't even know it. They, they don't even, these poor swine probably had no clue what hit them, but they were so vexed in their spirits. Animals don't have souls, animals have spirits. They were so vexed in their spirit, they turned violent, and they went and they choked themselves in the sea. They drowned themselves. And so, this is the kind of vexation that demonic powers will create in the earth, and, they, and this will be created regretfully in America. And it's, it's all because the church has allowed them to come in and literally take over. As I said, when I was just a little boy, uh, seven or eight years old, they took prayer out of the school. Somebody should have stood up and said, that'll never happen. We, will, we won't put our kids back in school until you put prayer back in school. And then one event after another, the domino effect began to take place. And that's why we're where we are today. And again, don't think for a minute Satan is going to give this ground up easily. He's, he's not going to do it, folks. And uh, you know, I said years ago on your, on your show, Doug, uh, you don't have to go looking for trouble. It's going to come find you. It's going to show up at your doorstep. You just live right and, and stand in the gap and seek God. You can rest assuredly the enemy is going to come. I'm, I'm going to give it back to you because I know we're getting close to the top of the hour. You, you know, yeah, you know, Pastor and, and Steve, Steve, you and I were talking this morning about, about just that. Um, when you, when you go and, and you speak the truth, you publish the truth, you, it, it, you it try to inform people. I, I mean, you open the gates of hell on yourself, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
my goodness uh it, it just it it seems i mean you could live as a christian i believe this you could live as a christian and, and again steve and i were speaking about this this morning you, you could live your life as a as a christian do all the correct christian things but when you engage yourself in the battle in this in the real here and now battle the spiritual end of things the uh, uh and engage at that level Man, you are, you got target written all over you. And, and that's, that's why, you know, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com, obviously Steve has been a, a, a good friend of the show and Steve has endured years upon years upon years of these attacks because he's spoken the truth and he's spoken out and said, look, this is what's happening. So I just want to tell people that, uh, you know, yeah, live as a Christian, but if you really want to up your game, go ahead and begin exposing the works of darkness because that's when the real battle begins. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our very special guest, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. And folks, again, uh, True Legends, the series, okay? Go to stevequayle.com and, and check that out. A great, a great gift for the holidays if you, if you give, give gifts. Uh, Empire Beneath the Ice, really a critical work, especially now with respect to the stuff going on at the South Pole. Uh, also, the voice of evangelism.com, Pastor David Langford, Revelation 13 revealed it, it, an absolutely critical work to understand the book of Revelation. We're going to be right back after this. Stay with us again, Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle. Stay right where you're at. You know, Steve Quayle has always said you cannot, you cannot, uh, you can't, you can't fix spiritual problems with political solutions. I mean, you just can't do it. And, and he's right. But what we can do is we can certainly take the time given to us as a gift, as a reprieve to, to engage ourselves in the fight. And, uh, I'll tell you, I, I'm glad as heck that we've got, uh, Certainly, we've got two men of God that I, I'd be more than happy to engage in the battle with. That's Pastor David Langford from TheVoiceOfEvangelism.com and Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com. Before we get back to Steve and Pastor Langford, I just want to mention the Texas Ready Seed Banks. Folks, if you haven't done this already, you know, we talk about solutions all the time. I'm tired of talking about problems. We have to talk about problems. We also have to talk about solutions. Talk about water. That's a big solution. But seed banks. Texas Ready has got them. They're ranked the highest in the world for good reason. They contain regionally appropriate open, open pollinated heirloom seeds. Now, most seed banks do not take into account the geographic differences in location planning, you know, in Florida versus Kansas. Well, hybrid seeds, uh, well, Texas Ready does, I should say. And hybrid seeds are good for usually only for one garden. They don't reproduce true to type. That's uh, why it's necessary to purchase stable heirloom seeds. Well, Texas Ready, check on that. Texas Ready uses certified seeds. I had no clue what that was. You know, most seed bank companies don't use these because they cost more. Texas Ready, they do. And you know what? Texas Ready thinks their customers are worth it. Folks, visit TexasReady.com. That's Texas Ready. I'm sorry, TexasReady.net. Yeah, smack me around a little bit. TexasReady.net. TexasReady.net. Check them out. 
I mean, they are the Cadillac of seed companies, TexasReady.net. And again, TexasReady.net. So I'm going to turn it back over to Steve Quill, SteveQuill.com. Steve, brother, we're in the fight. We are uh, given a little bit of time. We're in the fight. We need to engage. But uh, take it away, sir. Well, yeah, one of the things that I'm most concerned with at this point in my life, and uh, again, I'm 65, um, you know, Doug, they say some people age gracefully. Well, wrong, you know, um, and I know Pastor Langford is, it does a better job of it than I do, but here's the thing. So much is breaking now in the supernatural realm. My heart and desire is to get people to understand when Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions or all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's not in the natural. That's in the supernatural. And there's no way to appropriate that kind of power outside of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, To as many as received him, Jesus gave he, God, us, the power to become the sons of God. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. In the last mm, probably 30 days, my phone and my email and personal visits are off the chart on stuff that's happening in the Antarctica. And and this isn't just, quote, a pitch for my book. I marvel, Doug, and I said this to Doug this morning, David, that only God could have positioned, uh, uh, you know, the writing of that book, Empire Beneath the Ice, my, my latest book, uh, you know, how the Nazis won World War Two, uh, and they really did in 1947. But the point is, is that if you look at, this is critical to what we're talking about tonight. This isn't just a uh, book report. If you look at Kerry being sent to the Antarctic, if you look at uh, Putin having gone there, if you look at President Obama having gone there, not all at the same time, uh, uh, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, Kyrill, if you look at everybody who's gone down there, the Pope, something is going on in the Antarctic, very, very, uh, I would say this, in a very Minister matter. Uh, in the last week, all I can tell you is, is that the agitation in my spirit that the greatest confrontation, maybe this is what you're sensing, David, uh, in the realm of the lies that are going to be perpetrated when Jesus said, Be ye not deceived, that ye be not deceived. We're about to be absolutely inundated with supernatural events and the hidden uh, archaeological finds, the hidden, uh, if you will, power structure beneath the ice. And let me say this. When you've got certain people that are, are doing uh, uh, oh, what I would call forensic searches of the Internet and People are starting to get the fact that something's not right and something very wicked this way comes. It's not just, uh, you know, me on Doug Hagman's show or somebody talking about UFOs or whoever's out there doing what we all do, or Tom Horn writing about a battle rising. And let me say this. Next uh, Monday night, Tom Horn and I will be on, and I think I can safely say that it will be the most mind-blowing thing we've ever done together. Now, why is that critical? Because the on the path of the immortals, I would say this, in the footsteps or footprints of the giants, all this stuff wasn't to titillate. All this stuff wasn't to just, you know, be bedtime stories or for some of you maybe nightmares, but it was for a purpose, for God getting us ready to deal with what's coming upon the earth. And so I would encourage you all to absolutely pray and 
and and really believe that God will reveal to you those things which you need to know. And that's why I've written what I've written. And Doug, in Empire Beneath the Ice, okay, how the Nazis won World War II, and they really did. All of the different things they got into the occult, even their most famous scientists said, we didn't come up with all this stuff. We had help from the spirit world. So we're talking about a time period unlike any other in history. Uh, the prophets who have tried to uh, be very explicit when Jesus said the chief prophet, the testimony of his father on his lips, the, the living God, and basically men's hearts failing them for looking after those things coming upon the earth, I don't think people understand that. Now, I want to go to Psalm 107, 31 through 36. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation. Now, and, and this is this is not obtuse or not relevant to tonight. If you look at the drought that is now basically taking hold of the entire western United States, and the drought monitor map is so dark brown, I would suggest to you that even though geoengineering, chemtrails, and all the stuff I wrote about weather warfare is active, that God uses the wicked, the devices of the wicked, to judge the wicked. And if you look at what's happened to Hollywood and, and just the abject Satan worship, the abject uh, uh, profane uh, endorsement of everything that is so vulgar, so vile. And look, I'm not, I am nowhere near, uh, what do you call it, teetoler or, uh, 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 you know, somebody that doesn't know uh, what a, a wrong life to live apart from Jesus is like. But I'm telling you this, that the wickedness. I asked the Lord Jesus when I first became saved, I said, Lord, how bad is it going to get? How totally bad is it going to get? And he, he simply said that you cannot, Steve, understand the depths of Satan. You must understand the heights of heaven, because only by coming up can you be able to avoid that which is going down. Now, that's pretty cool that God knows to, how to say, if you will, in our vernacular, you know, we say, I think Pastor Langford, you say, it's fixing to come down, okay? Right. Well, it's fixing to come down, it's fixing to come up, and it is fixing. But God's judgment, now I want to say this clearly, God's judgment in the 107th Psalm is basically uh, on the fact that the congregation of the people and that were to praise him amongst the elders, but he is the one that's basically turning the rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground. It's judgment. It's judgment. Yet, will God not, as he has stated, uh, preservation in the uh, midst of judgment is God's way. He did it in the desert for the children of Israel when they were fleeing Pharaoh. He'll do it for us. Uh, places that were once fruitful will become barren, and it's a sign of judgment. But not only is it a sign of judgment, but all hell is literally opening 
up. I talked to, um, uh, I, I don't know who I talked to. Oh, I know. I talked to a friend of mine that's an intercessor, and God had shown her two giant doors, steel doors, and she never uh, was familiar with a lot of the stuff going on in the in the world of, uh, of um, you know, special operations and stuff. God revealed it to her. And the gates of hell, which people have heard Tom Horn talk about, me talk about, are literally opening. And so when you've got 30, 30, uh, foot doors and the things that are behind them ready to come on the earth. Men's hearts will fail them for those things coming upon the earth. Point. The point is, is that, ladies and gentlemen, your best, your best uh, uh, thoughts, wishes, and hopes won't get you through this. Only the power of the Holy Ghost will. And David, I'm going to turn it right back over to you. The thing that people don't understand is that God can, you know, use a donkey. He can certainly use me and has. And for all of you that might like to say, amen, Steve, so be it. But if this donkey was able to stop, you know, a bunch of dumb donkeys from uh, falling into the pit of eternal damnation, then I don't mind being a donkey just as long as Jesus is the one that's leading me. So here's the thing. We're up against things, and, and Doug, you know, I get emails, and I, I've told you this, David. Emails. Tell us what you really know. Tell us what you really know. I couldn't know anything unless God brought the people to tell me. But I've come to the conclusion that I will only tell the Lord, or excuse me, tell the Lord's people when the Lord tells me to tell the Lord's people. Because I think there are people out there that have listened to Pastor Langford and I, and, and it's kind of like information, um, what would you call it, a fix on information. And in the old days, if you got a newsletter one month, you'd wait for the newsletter the next. I can no sooner post a story on my website, or you, Doug, than in no time at all, it's past news. There is a contemporary uh, immediacy to all news now, because it isn't getting better. But the Lord's word is unchangeable. So, ladies and gentlemen, please consider this. I can assure you that what's coming out of Antarctica, there is no way that you're going to be able to deal it with it in your natural mind. Greg Evenson called me. He had a general call him and telling him, Greg, what's coming from Antarctica is so inherently evil. Now, if the most uh, uh, evil men in the world are going down to see something, say something, or meet with someone, I think we all better pay attention. And so I go right to Psalm 107. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. If you are a child of the king, that applies to you. Go ahead, David. Well, you know, what you're talking about down there is is, is out of the book of Revelation. Uh, you know, the bottomless pit uh, is opened, and uh, there rose out smoke and uh, like a great furnace. And equate that to volcanoes or whatever you want to, but there's going to be demonic entities that come out, and they come out upon the face of the earth. And uh, Revelation 9 and 21 says, Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. And I was thinking over the last couple of days, uh, with this, if this new administration is installed, some of, the, some of the possibilities of things that would happen or could happen, and to kind of aggregate them and to understand why there would be such a rebellion. You think about reversing Roe v. Wade, rescinding the Iran nuclear deal, moving the embassy 
and in and, uh, and Israel to Jerusalem. Stop funding sanctuary cities. And Jeff Sessions begins to uh, prosecute mayors. Reversing all these executive orders, currency wars, trade wars, doing away with NAFTA, you can see how the whole world suddenly, in a minute's time, could begin to convulse because somebody says, I'm going to do the right thing. It's not about doing the wrong thing, but says, I'm going to do the right thing. As I said, just the very fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, all of those that were two years and younger were killed, murdered. I mean, the, the, the personification of innocence. But this was the hatred, the retribution of a demoniac called Herod. And, and, and so all of this is out there. All of this exists. It's, it's, it's not hidden. It's even it's being talked about. It's being talked about. And so, you know, when you read the twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation, and the devil is kicked out of heaven, and Revelation twelve twelve says, well, Woe to the habits of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. You see, that's why it's called great tribulation. Now, the great tribulation all of you people who are listening to me tonight that are pre-tribulationists, what you have to understand, the great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. You know, that that's, has nothing to do with the wrath of God. Nothing, nada. But these foolish prophecy teachers, when they say great tribulation, they incorporate the wrath of God in that. That's heresy. That's blatant heresy. That's misrepresentation of the Scriptures. The wrath of God is distinctly put in seven vials or seven bowls. You'll find that in Revelation 15 and 1 and Revelation 16 and 1. Why are they put in seven vials or seven bowls? Because they are distinctly separate from anything else that's going on. The Great Tribulation period is the wrath of Satan. This is why it's important for you to understand when all of this begins to foment, you know, and God has the power to stop it, if He wills. But that's at His discretion. I promise you, in World War II in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, they thought it was Armageddon when the nukes were dropped. You know, when you're when you're in the throes of this, this is this is this is your mindset. This is your perception. Well, this is just how bad it may get here in America and around the world, and it will globally in the end. If, if this is the time of the end, and we're getting ready, Steve and I have said for years, there will be a third world war. Make no mistake about it. Albert Pike said it. That's what the Illuminatis want. They had, they had the, the first world war, the second world war, and there would be a third world war. And in the third world war, he said, there will be the Jews, the Muslims, and the Christians fighting. Look at what Trump says he's going to do. I'm not going to tell you nothing. We're going to fight to win. So the, the, the element of death is, is going to grow exponentially because nearly two-thirds of the earth, the populace, will be destroyed. Well, who is that? Well, that's death and hell. That, that, that's death and hell. That, that, that's what they're commissioned to do when, when God allows the seals to be broken, see? And uh, when, he, when, he, when he begins to break these seals, we know that there's going to come a pale horse. His name is death. 
uh, those that sat on him was called death and hell, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth. That's the fourth seal. And, and so we, we, we don't know the exact time of these things or how God's going to do it, but the counsel of God, without a doubt, is going to stand. Proverb 19.21 says, There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. And the, 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 the trouble is, is Proverb 21 and 1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. And so God can put anything in any man's heart to do as he wills, uh, to be a blessing or to be a curse. Just like Pharaoh, he told Moses, I'm going to harden his heart. We, 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 we don't always understand how God is doing these things, how he's working it out. But you can rest assuredly, the word of God is going to be fulfilled. Uh, Luke twenty-one twenty-five: there shall be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea, the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. I was thinking, they, I, I used to think they would class this on Obama. But, but the more I look at things, the devil wants this to collapse under the banner of righteousness trying to do right the, the the new world order the globalists are going to fight us if it means taking down nations if it means taking down countries if it means taking down leaders they're going to do this stuff this is what the devil puts in their heart and uh, or God can put it in their heart you know the Bible is clear in, in uh, 2 Thessalonians 2 11 and 12 and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness you know if God wills to put that in a man's heart that's what the man's going to do and uh, that's why it is just so important right now that, that we keep uh, ourselves focused on the Lord you know Psalm 7 1 David said in thee O Lord God do I put my trust Psalms 56.3, what time I am afraid that I will trust in thee. Psalms 50.15 says, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Psalms 55.22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Psalms 108.12, David said, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Unless God, Psalms 127.1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It, we, we have to totally trust in God. Uh, Psalms 118, verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. That speaks of self-confidence. Don't, I don't trust myself. Uh, David Lankford is fallible. You know, I love Steve, I love Doug. We're, we're men and we're fallible. You know, I appreciate the, the life that these men live and everything, but I have to cast my burden, I have to cast my cares upon the Lord. See, He's the one. David said in Psalm 16, 8, I've set the Lord always before me because He's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You know, 
If we put God in the right place in our lives, we won't be moved. But if we don't have God as, as, as the number one person in our lives, then the devil, with what's coming, people are going to be moved. And that's what Satan seeks, to move you, uh, to make you as the chaff in Psalms 1, that the wind driveth away. Listen, God used a wind to part the Red Sea. And God can send a wind through this land, this nation, and purge it. And in many different ways, God can do this, folks. He can purge in a way that none of us could ever imagine or think. And uh, that's why, you know, David said in Psalms 46, when God is my refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. You know, this is when we have to run to the Lord. He's our high tower. He's our refuge. He was our, our pavilion, our high tower. In the Hebrew, a high tower is an inaccessible place where God puts us, where the devil can't get to us. Well, that's none other than Jesus Christ. He was the rock that Moses was hid in while the glory of God passed by. That rock was a type of Christ. He said, no man can see me and live. And so he hid him in the rock. And, and when the storm comes, you want to be in Jesus. Because Jesus told us in Matthew 7, there's coming a storm. And you better be built upon the rock, because if you're not, he said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy everything. And I, I look for that. I don't want that. I don't desire that. I certainly don't pray for that. But the reality is, sin brings that. But when righteousness and, and evil hits each other, there's some kind of unbelievable combustion. And, and I think that's what we're getting ready to witness. I'm going to give it back to you, Doug. Pastor, thank you. I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, uh, Steve, well, I'm going to turn it back to you, Steve, because I, I'm not even sure what I can add to that. Um, well, I think that, I think that there can be no, uh, clearer presentation than what David just laid out for everyone. And I want to take everybody to Revelation 3, 14 through 19, because everyone has heard of this, but we have to apply it to our own life. Have, has, and I'll make it personal. Has my love for Jesus, has it simmered down? Am I praising God? Am I telling how much to the Lord, how much I love Him? The Bible says we can only love God because He first loved us. And, and because the world has perverted love and substituted lust, most of us don't really understand God's love unless He reveals it to us and works it out in us. I want to read this, Doug, and then comment. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That means vomit. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eyesap, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Half-heartedness, I started out the show tonight, did I not, with the statement, half-heartedness always ends in defeat? Amen. Revelation 3, basically, 17, you know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Revelation 3, verse 15, basically says,
says it better than I can say it, okay? I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. In, in essence, this, I, I, and this, David, I, I, I think I get it now in a sense I didn't get it before, but the devil has embarrassed Christians into silence. Now, I, I want to say, Steve, this. If what we can, happens? I, I'm sorry, Brother Steve. I'm sorry about that. If we can just allow the listeners and viewers to, to, to ruminate on that statement for a minute, consider that statement because we're going to take we we'll take a break. But um, but you're you're talking about neither cold nor hot people being neither cold nor hot. Uh, folks, get your Bibles out. Refer to that that passage in Scripture. Amen. We're going to be right back with Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle. I apologize for cutting in your train of thought. Folks, remember right back to right where you're at. segment we were talking pastor david langford said you know we were while well, we were talking about fallibility we're all you know we're all fallible we're, we're human speaking of being fallible i failed to mention thank you lll thank you so much for uh reminding me i the first segment we were talking about the uh the various forums the 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 incredibly talented internet sleuths out there uh, on 4chan and Reddit, and I mentioned the sub uh, forum, uh, the Donald. Well, thank you, LLL, for mentioning, of course, Reddit.com, um, the sub forum Pizzagate. All of these are extremely important threads for which uh, these people must be commended and recognized. I mean, they did a heck of a job with their investigation. So, uh, color me fallible. There we go. And then right immediately before the break, Steve Quayle read from Revelation and spoke about uh, spewing, you know, about being neither hot nor cold. And we're seeing that today. And then I interrupted Steve with the break. Now we're going to go back to Steve. Steve, go ahead and continue your commentary on that uh, with respect to the half Well, I, I, you know, I'm going to uh, just share one more passage of Scripture before I turn it over to David. But I believe that most Christians are embarrassed, okay? Not all. Now, I want to make it clear. Not all. Most Christians are embarrassed to take a stand. Do you know why Donald Trump is so well-respected by those of us who, who, who really do respect him? Because every single thing the people we all hate and we all have been warning about on talk radio, in my case 25 years, Doug, in your case, what, 15, 16 years, David, you've been with me since the start, and I mean, on talk radio, the point being is, is that all these things now are in play. And what do you really have? Here's a question. What do you have to be embarrassed about Jesus? Colossians 1, 16, 17 should put Jesus into perspective for you. And I want, I want to share this, Doug, because it's important. Romans 1.16 says, David, we quote Romans 1.16 where God, you know, because I'm 100 miles an hour and I can't slow down in my brain, that for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation. 
Okay, the reasons, thank you, David, the reason the power of God is not being manifest is because the people of God are ashamed and silent, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, and I make no apologies for the Holy Spirit. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Just put TV in there. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. You ever want to see that in real action? Get into biblically powerful deliverance and watch what happens when you uh, query the demon. I'm not talking about going into depth, but, you know, they cannot say that. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, I put in the word holy, is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Tell me the last time you saw demonstrable, repetitive healing. I don't know of any in the country. I'm saying every time someone's prayed for, they get healed. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Every single one of us, every single one of us listening to this broadcast worldwide, needs to call out to God for that. I want to say this. My discernment in choosing friends and employees sucks. End of story. I absolutely need the gift of discernment. If you're a nice person and want to believe the best about people, which is a good thing, it can be your undoing, okay? So pray. Pray for the discerning of spirits because it's that critical. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. Now that's talking about a language you've never learned. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. You really tell me that tongues are the devil? Shame on you. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work at that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as a body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentile. Oh, there you go, David. Now everybody gets mad, whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God has set members, every one to them, every one of them in the body, and hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where is the body? But now there are many members, yet but one body. Now, I want to say something. One of the statements I made on your show the other, uh, I don't know, months ago, I guess I was going to say the other day, but months ago, was the fact that the two, actually maybe a year ago, Doug, that the two most dangerous sins destroying the body of Christ are jealousy and envy. I want to add two more to that, okay? Because I believe that that's something the Lord spoke, and even as I'm, I'm reading this right now, what is the jealousy and envy? You know what the other one two are? 
slander and backbiting. You know, somebody said the Christians are the only ones that, uh, you know, uh, kill their wounded on the battlefield. Well, I would say this. Maybe they should change that statement to they, the only ones that stay in the playground to make sure nobody leaves alive. There is no position to deny Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The wars that are coming upon us will come from your own family members. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. The war that is coming upon you will be coming from people who work with you. The war that is being uh, instituted, initiated against you, are people that absolutely have said, praise the Lord and pass the knife. You know, unfortunately, you know, somebody once said, I think it was Bob Mumford, God bless him, he said, I used to have uh, wings until the uh, backbiters ate my wings off slander there's too much there's too much of that and i want to share something and pastor you know if you'll take it because you know it's in the scripture but basically peter wanted to know didn't he what god was going to do with john and everybody is can i tell you something please ladies and gentlemen those of you who are 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 basically unchained pit bulls uh, off your leashes don't try and and tell me that uh, you know that you have a word for me and that I'm wrong because God told you this when you have no headship you're under no authority you're absolutely believing a lie you're coming up with uh, your own interpretation of scripture you don't even know the scripture yet somehow either I Pastor Langford or or we don't know what we're talking about David's been at this since he was a, a, a lad I've been at it since I'm 21 obviously I'm not what I should be I'm not what I would really like to be but I'm calling on God to change and transform me because I don't care that people want to say this or that. Uh, David, you know the scripture I'm talking about when Peter and, and, and or was it John and Jesus said what I do with Peter? Do you know what I'm talking about there? Yeah, that's in uh, John chapter 21. Okay, go ahead and take it from there because everybody's minding each other's business and they're not minding the things of the Lord. Take it, Pastor. Uh, John 21, 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he, Peter, should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, saith the disciples of Jesus loved, following, which also leaned upon his breast at supper, most people think that was John, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die, yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? And what Steve's talking about there, they, they misconstrued the very words of Christ. He, did, he didn't say that. He said, If I wanted this man to be alive when I, when I return, what difference does that make to you? And, and as Steve so aptly said, you got all these people running around. They're self-appointed, they're self-anointed, they're self-proclaimed, they, they haven't been called of God, they're wannabes, they, they want to be called of God, but, but God didn't call them. You see, 
God is, is clear in His gifts and calling. Romans eleven twenty nine. the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. I can tell you exactly where I was, when it was I was called. Every minister that claims to be a minister of God, they need to, they, they need to say when God called them. Jesus called Nathaniel, Philip, Matthew. He called these men. God called me to preach when I was 12 years old in a dream or vision. I can't say I was too young to understand the difference. But he told me emphatically he had a work for me to do. And then as I grew and, got in, and, 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 and began to acknowledge my calling publicly, I had men, Holy Ghost Spirit-filled men, to lay their hands on me. Acts 13 and 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. You see, there is protocol in how God sends out His ministers. And, you know, we, we have replacement theology. Uh, we have people going around saying, God is done with Israel. Well, that, that's absurd. That, and I'll prove that to you in uh, Ephesians 2.15, having abolished in His flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. What is he talking about when he says, for to make in himself Christ's body of twain one new man? He's taking the Jews and the Gentiles and adding us into his body. Not a Jewish body, not a Gentile body, but unto his body. They see these novices out there, they don't even know that scripture exists. They don't know their Bible. I, and people will say, well, there's no such thing as a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Well, if you go back and read Revelation chapter 20, verses 2 through 7, verses 2 through 7, you'll read the phrase, thousand years, six consecutive times. Six consecutive times. And for you to think you know more than me, I don't say this arrogantly, but to tell me there's no such thing as a thousand year millennial record, you don't believe the own Bible that you got in your hand. You don't even believe the, the scriptures that you're reading. Let me tell you what's happening. And, and Steve and I have talked about this. Men's theology today is not formed from the Word of God. It's from books of other men. That's where they're getting their theological doctrine. Not from the Word of God, but they're getting it from men. And I just told you, Steve and Doug and myself are fallible. But I believe in the inerrancy of the Word of the Most High God. I believe it is infallible. I believe it is immutable. It doesn't change for nobody. And you have all these jacklegs writing all these new versions, and they're distorting and they're as Peter said, they rest. W-R-E-S-T. You'll find that in uh, 2 Peter 3, uh, 16, as also in all his epistles. Now, Peter the Apostle is talking about Paul the Apostle and his epistles. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. There's the word, W-R-E-S-T, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led astray with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. You listen to the wrong people, they'll tell you the wrong stuff. 
I'm not in this because I raised my hand and said, hey, God, call me. Nobody ran any harder from God than I did because I didn't want to be a preacher. But I have spent almost 40 years immersing myself in the Word of God. And I'm talking about study. I don't mean just reading. I mean digging and digging and digging and digging. That's why I can't get my book finished, Doug. Every time I turn around, it's a new revelation. I I was trying to (laughs) demonstrate scripturally. I knew it in my spirit, but I was trying to demonstrate scripturally. How did Israel ever become married to God? And I got the understanding just last week when God put Abram to sleep. What did he do to Adam? He put him to sleep and then brought him his wife. He put Abraham to sleep, made covenant with him, signifying oneness that Abraham didn't have anything whatsoever to do with it. He was asleep. But when he awoke from his sleep, he was in covenant with God. When God put Adam to sleep, he didn't know what was going on, but when he awoke, God said, look there. Then he said, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. God grafted Abraham into him, the oneness, the, the church, the body of Christ. Christ is the head, the church is his body. There's no such thing as the church is the bride of Christ. That's as erroneous as it gets. And if you get the book, I hope to be finished with it in a few more weeks, you'll, you'll see all of these things. But we have so much heresy. Just because you have a microphone and you got a Bible in your hand doesn't mean you know the truth. Yeah, uh, James 2.19, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devil also believes and trembles. Well, the devil knows the word of God better than most of us. He will know when he's kicked out of heaven, he has but a short time. When God kicks him out in Revelation 12, verses 9 and 10, that's why it says in verse 12, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knows it's over with. That's when he's going to unleash everything he has against Israel, the church, everybody that keeps the, the commandments of God. He's going to go out on the earth and all of his emissaries, and they're going to. It's going to be unbelievable how much collateral damage, and and this spirit is, is churning right now. And I'm telling you, what brings it to, to the surface is when righteousness, when righteousness begins to be exalted. That's when the the, the power of darkness raises its head. He always has. And he's going to do it. He's already beginning to do it. When you hear this existing present president saying, I'm going to speak out, he's already fomenting, already gendering strife and contention and clamor and backbiting, as Steve as well said. This is the spirit of Antichrist. And, and, And regretfully, we have so many people today you know, look at all. Now, I'm going I'm to hold that statement off. I'm going to wait uh, just a few more weeks before I make that statement. I'm going I'm to restrain myself from making the statement I was just about to make. But I want to I wanna say, let me give it back to Steve. There are a lot of people out there that don't even know it, but they're false prophets, and they give nothing but false prophecies because it's of their own vain imaginations. They handle the Word of God, as Jeremiah said, they handle it with lightness. In other words, the Word of God is a frivolous, light-hearted thing, and that, that's how they handle the Word of God. Uh, Zechariah 12 says, The burden of the Word of the Lord, which tells you the Word of God is a heavy, heavy, heavy thing. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 32, Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams. There are people just... 
they eat so many pinto beans and so much pizza before they get go to bed. That's all they have are false dreams, saith the Lord. And do tell them. They tell all their false dreams and cause my people to err by their lies. Their dreams are lies. And by their lightness. L-I-G-H-T-N-E-S-S. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. This is, this is also going to accelerate. Matthew 24, 12. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. You better take everything, as Steve has said, to the Word of God and to prayer. Everything. Everything. Because if you don't know your Bible, you have nothing to measure what men say by. That's the benchmark. That's the, that's the rule of measurement, the Word of God. If it does not align with the Word of God, it's nothing but lies. I don't care how they dress it up. It's not the truth. Stephen, I won't give it back to you. I've preached long enough tonight. Well, no. I mean, hey, listen, David, this is good. You know, <laughs> the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, is simply this. I want everyone to pray and ask the Lord, seriously, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God's going to pour it out without measure. And I want all the people out there that are praying for Donald Trump's safety and protection around his family to also pray Amen. that if, if George Soros has not been brought down, that God will take take him down as he did Herod. It was Herod accepting the worship that he was God that caused him literally to drop dead and his, his, his bowels to open up and, you know, basically the worms that were eating him alive had to leave the body because he was dead. Now someone says, that's not a godly thing to say. Oh, yes, it is imprecatory prayer. There is no fear of the Lord in the land, okay? I can't tell you, Doug, how many times when I was on talk radio when I had my own show and also on other shows. I kept saying, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. There is no fear of God. People pay lip service, you know, and you know what lip service will get you? Maybe, uh, you know, uh, a smudge on the mirror, but yeah, that's if you're kissing yourself. I couldn't resist. But the point is, is that what we're seeing right now is a total, total abandonment of the faith. And I want to make something clear. All the people that want to correct everybody else, spend the time in prayer. If God's got a word for you, you don't need to go blab it. Wait until God tells you to speak the word. There's stuff I'm sitting on. And it's not because I want to go nan nanny nan nan. Just like David got checked tonight. I think I've been checked more. David probably got checked for different reasons than I get checked. But the point being is, is that I want to speak, or yeah, I want to speak the words that are fitly spoken season. People, I'm serious, read uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tonight, pray, call out to God for discernment. And it's not enough to just say, well, is that guy right or wrong? Ask God to show you the spirit behind a person. Every time I've made almost, almost mortal uh, mistakes. It's been because I didn't go to the Lord and say, show me the spirit behind this man, Lord. Show me the spirit behind this woman who accuses me falsely. Show me, Lord. Show me. And guess what? God will show you. He will show me. And 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 we need to be praying for our brethren in prison, everybody. You know, the scripture says, remember those who are in bounds. Does it not? Or, you know, bound up in prison. And i got to share this. We didn't pray. We didn't intervene. Thank God for Jeremiah uh, Farrell and the other guys that went out in the 
ladies that went into uh, you know uh, Iraq and 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 made a difference and all of those people Jamie God bless you my brother and I don't remember all the people but you out there on the Hagman audience you raised the funds and it was six figures to send these Marines I, I love Marines and and these guys went in and they didn't care about their own life they only cared about saving other lives and I don't know if you've heard this story but real quickly the State Department seized all of their medical stuff the stuff they were taking in to help the people and that's David when we prayed that God would deliver I think it was that Whitestone remember when all those women and men and were going to be slaughtered mostly Amen. women and children on that mountain but God said watch what I will do I will tell you this it's still the number one thing on my heart Watch what I will do. And and guess what? For Donald Trump, God's people believed him. And, and again, I want to say this. How is it that you were silent on the slaughter of Christians all over the world? And I, I, I mean, I broke fellowship with one guy that was a friend of mine for 20 years. You, you smugly say that, oh, there will always be martyrs. You won't do anything, and your own son or kids are going to hell. Yet somehow you've got an opinion on everything, yet you won't become active in life. You have abandoned your family to the devil, but you've got an opinion and you've got answers for everything, yet none of them are relevant and none of them affect your life. The key is this. It's the application of God's Word. And my prayer tonight, Doug, my prayer tonight, uh, David, is that everyone will seek the Lord tonight. When you get done listening to us on this radio program, whatever time is is broadcast in the four corners of the world, that ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders, as in Acts chapter 2, take it down, Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19, there was no uh, visible evidence that a person had been baptized in the Holy Ghost as Jesus commanded the, the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem without the speaking in tongues. Go pray on Isaiah 28:11 because it's part of the armor in Ephesians 6, and without it, it's like taking a loaded, excuse me, it's like taking an unloaded rifle to a battle. It isn't going to get done. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is as serious as it gets. You cannot give up. You cannot be half-hearted. If you're half-hearted, say, Lord, take my half-heartedness away and give me a whole heart. Because Psalm 138, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll turn it over to you, David. I will praise thee with my whole heart. A divided heart will destroy that chest cavity that at rest within, a whole heart will be that which basically provides you the worship on the highway to heaven. Doug, good night, my brother. God bless you. David, blessings to you and everyone. We'll be on um, Monday night, Tom Horn and I together, and I think you'll have mind-blowing stuff, because what we're talking about isn't stuff to just give you itching ears or something to itch with. We're talking about the power of God. Good night, everybody. And Doug, blessings. David, go ahead and close it out. Thank the you, verse that Steve was alluding to a few minutes ago was Hebrews 13 and 3. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and that would suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. They are part of our body because we are all a part of the body of Christ. So Paul said, remember them as though you were bound with them in whatever bonds they're in. So, Doug, thank you for allowing Steve and I to come on tonight and uh, share the word of the Lord. And uh, an we honor. pray God's blessings upon you as well, my friend. Thank you, Pastor Langford. God bless you. Thank you so much for your gift of time. Thank you. Have a wonderful wow. night. And all the listeners too. Well. 
Folks, that was Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com, and Steve Quayle. Of course, you know, I mean, wow, just a much-needed vitamin B12 shot of, of spiritual. Uh, uh, Eric was saying uh, when when Pastor just, uh, when Steve was talking about the one scripture, and then Pastor said, oh, yeah, this, and, and then he said, he finished the, the scripture. It was just amazing, right? Uh, yeah, we can all do that. Yeah. Wow. Well, folks, uh, th- thank you for tuning in. Folks, uh, let me just drive this point home one more time. Um, the investigations that are being conducted by citizen investigators, journalists, uh, citizen journalists, and others on different forums, including Reddit, 4chan, keep going, man. Fantastic, fantastic work. It's like, um, you know, every time I think I'm a step or two ahead of them, they go two or three steps ahead of me. It's just, it's incredible stuff. It's so important that we get it, but I do want to say this all does, um, it has, it, it has its, uh, roots, at least in the, in the more modern times. It has, as it roots back to 1993 when visiting dignitaries attending the week-long November conference of 15 Asia Pacific nations back in 93. Um, they, they were involved with some pretty interesting things when they were provided with, uh, shall we say, young escorts. More on that as, as the week progresses. Watch the news. By the way, Trump had, uh, I guess a heck of a meeting with the media today. Dressed down some pe- members of the media, or so it, uh, it appears. And, uh, there's kind of a disturbing, uh, story as well that Trump may not be able to move into the Oval Office during his first year due to security upgrades. It could have been done in the last year of Obama's term, but Obama decided to, no, not do that. Leave it to the next person. Rather interesting, in, in fact. We're going to be getting more and deeper into Snoop's sex and videotape. That's a playoff of uh, Insight Magazine, or Insight on the News uh, magazine from 1997, referring to a 1993 event. But uh, this is all Pizzagate. It's, it's horrible stuff. Thanks for listening. Till tomorrow. Stay safe. God bless. 